This is The Structuring Podcast. G'day, this is episode 19 of The Structuring Podcast. Today's topic is discretionary trusts owning property. A discretionary trust is not a separate legal entity. It is a tax entity, but it's not a legal entity. And that means the trustee will be the owner of any trust property. The beneficiaries of the trust will likely be the person that controls the trust, plus a wide class of their family members. And that means the whole family can potentially benefit from the income and or capital of the trust. Usually trusts are started with just $10. So a trust or the trustee will have to go out and find other money to cover the deposit. And then it will need to borrow the rest of the money from a bank. So the first thing to consider is how the trust is going to get the deposit to fund the purchase. And that's usually by the person that controls the trust borrowing money and on lending that money to the trust. And then the trust will borrow the remaining 80% from a bank. Now to get a loan, the loan will be in the name of the trustee, which generally should be a company. If the trust is going to hold property, it should be a company. So the borrower will be the company in its capacity as trustee. It will need power. So the trustee will have to give the trustee the power to borrow money, the power to mortgage trust assets and the right to be indemnified out of the assets of the trust. So that will mean if there is a default, the lender can come after the trustee, which is usually a $2 company, so it's got no assets, but the lender will be able to recover assets that the company holds as trustee, so the trust assets themselves will be exposed to the lender upon a default. Because the trust will have no income, it will need to supply a personal guarantee, and that's usually given by all directors of the trustee company. So you can manipulate borrowing capacity by choosing who the directors will be. Some lenders will also want personal guarantees from any named beneficiary. So be careful when setting up trust because if you name someone, they could have to give a personal guarantee down the track. And most lenders will want the appointer of the trust to be the person who's giving the guarantee. They don't like third-party appointers because they've got no control and the appointer could just sack the trustee and put in a new trustee after the loan is advanced. Where the trust will be negatively geared, so the income of the trust is less than the expenses. If it's negatively geared, any losses will be trapped in the trust. So it won't help the person behind the trust save tax. Well, it won't help initially. Any loss will be trapped in the trust and that will roll over to the following year. And if it's negative again, it'll just keep on rolling over until there's a positive income. When there's a positive income, that income can be distributed subject to the terms of the trust deed. It can be distributed to a wide class of beneficiaries. And that's usually at the discretion of the trustee, hence the name. So every year, the trustee could potentially distribute the income to different people as long as they're beneficiaries. There's also the distribution of capital. Some trusts make a distinction between capital beneficiaries and income beneficiaries. 
Where that happens, capital can only be distributed to the capital beneficiaries. But I think probably most trustees don't make such a distinction. Oh, the other major thing to consider is land tax. The land tax rules differ from state to state, and if a trust or a trustee is owning property in New South Wales, it could be very expensive. So make sure you get legal advice on the land tax and also legal advice on trusts in general before any contract is signed. That's all for today. You've been listening to The Structuring Podcast. Check out the show notes for today's episode at www.structuring.com.au forward slash podcast.